podcast network for professionals please like rate and subscribe to us on itunes spotify google play stitcher luminary and TuneIn. you can also find us on all social media at believe in owl that's b-l-e-a-v in o-w-l and believe.com this week blizzard arena closes its doors for the last time zed announces that he will be performing at the grand finals and we dive into week three of the playoffs. Okay, hello, hello. Um, how was your week this last week? Uh, this last week I've been watching over some of my old footage uh, for casting and all that other stuff and trying to polish up on it, knowing that there are a couple tournaments coming up that I would love to be a part of, and I got to just be a little bit more professional on my end. So, uh, what about you? Nothing much. Um, yeah, I don't think anything really happened for me the last week. Uh, I was going to buy myself a Pachimari, but then I realized that the Hella Mega Tour is coming, and I want to buy tickets to that, so I'm trying to save my money right now. And also, the new Zelda game's coming out on the Switch, so I'm going to be poor for a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely feel you on that. Uh, which patch Mario were you looking at? Was it any specific? Just the classic like, one. Oh, the classic? The classic okay. Pachi Mario. I have one that's out of the box that I got at Blizzard Arena, mm-hmm. but it was the display one because they'd sold out that week, and they're like, oh, yeah, next time you guys come in, we'll definitely have more of them, and they've just never restocked after that. So I want one that's in the box Okay. because I'm that kind of collector that likes things in the box. Yeah, I feel you. How goes uh, the planning for the Halloween? Uh, it's going. We're trying to figure out a couple of uh, extra... How can I describe it? Like incentives or ways to lessen the, the, the Batsu games. The way how we're planning it, I could give away a little bit, is each team starts with like a, a thing that gets in their way. So it's either like low gravity or uh, the screen is flipped or something very, very basic, right? And then over the course of the night, the more games you lose, the harder the games get. So it will get to a point where um, the enemies and your allies' colors are exactly the same, so you don't know who's who. Uh, You just shoot at everything. (laughs) Um, You lose your HUD, so you lose the in-game interface. So you don't know when your ults are up, you don't know uh, where your crosshair is, like... (laughs) Things like that, and it's just going to progressively get harder over the course of the night, which is going to be fun for the viewers. You're going to see what kind of madness is this? It sounds uh, fantastic. It's great. Uh, we've been we've been practicing a couple of these games just to see how hard and how insane these ideas are going to get. Um, but yeah, we're we're looking forward to making it a full tournament. Um, but we don't know how many teams are going to show up, so we can't plan for for a solid schedule. But we can plan on how quickly it accelerates and how to give some teams some incentives to keep playing. And like one of them, which is what we're still thinking about is a way how to dampen the load by winning like a mini game or like a side quest kind of thing. So one of them was like 
the first like probably after the third game people are going to realize like yes these things are going to get a little harder um one of them was in the middle of the game you play a regular game of overwatch so no hindrance whatsoever but in the middle of the room there's a jigsaw puzzle there's two of them so one whichever team puts the most pieces together gets like a freebie on another on another um punishment game later down the line or we have like an overwatch like what seven page quiz it's still still being made um whoever fills out the most questions correctly gets to move on um and gets like another like free pass um and so on and so on but it's it's something that takes you away from the computer so you're essentially down like 5v6 but you can consider that the other team is also fighting 5v6. Or if they do decide to take the fight, then this is going to happen. So it's interesting to see that dynamic when we're starting to work with it. This is so devious. I love it. I mean, it's it's a Halloween-themed uh, punishment game. That's exactly what Definitely we're, we're doing. Definitely in the spirit of the season. Exactly. Uh, so both tricks and treats are going to be available. Lots of tricks. Probably some candy. Candy! All right, should we get into our news section? Yeah, for sure. Let's uh, let's kick it off. Okay, so for our lovely listeners, we're gonna we're trying out a new thing where we're gonna break up the news section with the actual gameplay analysis, just to keep the sections more divided and more easy to consume, and not an hour and ten minutes long like the last episode was. We tried to make it shorter, but somehow it turned out longer. Hmm, not sure how that happened. Yeah, it probably had to do something with the fact that the playoff games are seven games long now and we have to break down all that. Yeah, so much. So much Overwatch. But that's what we're here to watch. We're here to watch some high-level Overwatch. So yeah, let's get into the news. Uh, the first the first big thing I think that came out this week was that Zed is going to be performing at the Overwatch League Grand Finals. Do you listen to Zed quite a lot or is that... I listened to Zed for the first time today (laughs) on my way back from work. I'm like, huh, we're going to talk about Overwatch tonight. That's one of the news topics. I should figure out who this guy is. So I listened to about 15 minutes of Zed on my way back home. Yeah. What do you, what do you think? I like, I like his stuff. I like what I heard. Um, I don't know how good it's going to be to see someone like him live. Cause he's a DJ, right? He (laughs) makes beats essentially. Yeah. Essentially. Am I wrong? Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I when I was in school, before each school year started, UCLA would have this thing called Bruin Bash, which is actually coming up in, a, in I think, two weeks for UCLA this year. But they'd have different artists come and perform. And one year they had Maddie on, who is another DJ, electronic music performer. And I like Maddie on stuff, but just seeing him live was not the best experience. I would rather have someone who plays actually plays an instrument or actually sings or does something as opposed to someone who even though he does make great beats is just essentially pushing a button and raising his hands in the air um that might just be me because i'm old school with my music i know i know a lot of overwatch's audience now is younger and more into edm and the dj culture and that scene so i think it could go either way i mean last year they had they had DJ Khaled last year, right? Yeah. And everyone loves DJ Khaled, but he did not have the greatest reception from everybody, if I remember correctly. Yeah, there were there was a lot of memes of like 
after DJ Khaled's performance, it was just like, I, I remember they did a shot of like a kid who was like cosplayed as McCree or something. And he's just like, what, right. is, what is this? <laughs> like, what, <laughs> I thought it was hilarious just seeing that. And same thing happened. Like I had a viewing party for the finals at, at my house with a bunch of friends and like DJ Khaled came up and everybody's like, yeah, you could go get the pizza now. Like we don't, <laughs> we don't, <laughs> we don't need to sit through DJ Khaled. Um, but I am kind of excited for Zed. I think that he, well, I think he's going to be better received than DJ Khaled in this in this specific mm-hmm. matchup because he does play Overwatch. Like, um, I have experience actually playing against him. I ran into him because my friends from college, they play at like a super high, they play at like GM, like GM level Overwatch. And he was like, you know what, I'm going to, he hopped on a Smurf account, played with me just for a little bit. And then we were just in quick play and we run into Papa Smurf, um, which is the name of Zed's Smurf account. And he's like, my friend who knows Zed from playing him up in GM is like, hey, Zed, how's everything going? And I'm like, how do you casually just talk to a celebrity like that? And then we play against him. And he's like a crazy hit scan specialist. Like we were just playing, you know, I was just having fun. I was like, okay, I'll just go Winston. This dude is doing grapple shots on Gibraltar, like spawn camping us as Widowmaker. And I'm like, this is the DJ. Like, (laughs) right. Yeah. Like he's good at making music and clicking heads. Like that's not fair. (laughs) Like, But um, I'm really. You can click all kinds of buttons. Exactly. I'm really excited that they're bringing somebody who knows the overwatch community in um to perform because i think that if anything uh since he might use his dj like expertise to bring in some of the overwatch music into the set list right right and you know maybe bring on somebody to perform something with that or mix it with one of his other songs so i'm glad that they're going for somebody who's at least involved in the community um dj khaled was just you know a hype man uh but mm-hmm. Zed understands, like, okay, yeah, I'm here. This is Overwatch. This is something that he's also uh, proud to share. You think he would play Lucio, though, as a DJ? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, you, you would think that, like, he would actually be Lucio. <laughs> <laughs> if he shows up in a Lucio cosplay when, it, when he performs here, though, I'm, I'm giving him props. Like, oh, that'd be the best. Yeah. It's always great seeing celebrities who actually know and play our game, like... Josh Hutcherson was at Blizzard Arena one time. LeVar Burton's daughter Mika is a cat is a host for Overwatch, so he pays attention too. And Terry Crews, back when we had hopes for him being Doomfist. So I love seeing people who understand our game and love to play it. So hearing that Zed is an actual beast in this game is really encouraging. I think it's funny that you have experience with Zed and I have experience with DJ Khaled. Um, I was, I used to work for variety. And so I went to one of our music parties for variety one time. And as I'm walking into this hotel, a car almost hits me and I look over and it's DJ Khaled driving this car. And then as I'm leaving the party later on, uh, DJ Khaled pulls out of the, the parking structure where the hotel is and flips an illegal U onto the street, almost hits somebody. And that guy just slams on the horn and starts screaming at the guy in the car Little did he know he was screaming at DJ Khaled. So I have a less than positive interaction with an Overwatch musical guest and you have a better 
interaction with an Overwatch musical guest. I mean, it it's either way. It's like you're you're having fun, or I mean, we we both almost got killed by by uh, Overwatch musical guests. <laughs> uh, one clicked my head like a billion times, and you almost got hit by a car. So I, <laughs> we're in the same boat. <laughs> All right. Uh, should we should we move on? Yeah, let's let's move on to our next topic. So this one I saw on Twitter. Um, I was scrolling through Twitter one time and I saw that on Zoe's account, she tweeted that she received a top woman in media award from Synopsis Media. And I don't know too much about Synopsis Media. I hadn't heard about them until now. But on their Twitter account, they said that they publish two free daily trade publications for TV, digital, and sports industries. So, I mean, just in general, for I think it's a big thing for someone like Zoe who works as a woman in both sports and in the esports arena specifically to be recognized as a top person. I think that's huge for a lot of different demographics. Yeah, and I, especially with um, esports in general, it should be... It is very inclusive, uh, just the way how clubs and teams are both created now. It's it doesn't have to be separated by gender anymore, because mm-hmm. you know it's not like a physical combat thing, or you're not like physically interacting with with the uh, other athletes. Um, so you can have a mixed roster of both genders, and we find out that like if you want to get the best players, you're you should make the best roster. Do, regardless of you know anything else you want to make the best team and whether whether it's like you know all guys all girls or you know mix you want to have the best personnel it, this just proves it that you know the desk the analyst desk even though i believe so is like really the only one who's on that desk all the time she is representing a lot of people in in the esports world as far as i can count there are only four women in overwatch league at the moment um, and we didn't even get really get to see one of them. We didn't get to see Kaguri much at all. So I think I think for me next season, I'd love to see her out and play. I'd love to see the different teams get some more female representation out and show that gaming is not just a boys club anymore. And I think that Zoe winning this award is a big step towards breaking that stereotype and that stigma of gaming just being for boys and the gamer girl negative stereotype that's always seen in memes on the internet or on like web cartoons or whatever. I totally agree with the fact that it's always about bringing everybody together. Some mm-hmm. of the best players, like even on online, when you watch like Twitch barcode, like barcodes, female, like she's great. Same thing with Fariha. Like there's some really great players who just happen to also be female. So just bring them on a team. Like they're already in the league. We saw recently, I saw Sayumi who is uh sleepy's girlfriend from the washington justice like she plays a ridiculous anna and like i wouldn't mind seeing her in the league as well like there's just a lot of very talented female players who aren't picked up and it's just a matter of time before teams like actually pick up on this i think another thing about Zoe winning this award uh moving on to kind of a different aspect of it, is it is that it helps bring more legitimacy to esports it's it's been growing and I've esports's growth is something that I've kind of looked at as just as an observer and as a journalist for a little bit now but you went from 
no one really knowing what competitive gaming was to these different leagues and different tournaments coming out. So now you have Overwatch League. Now you have Fortnite. You have StarCraft selling at huge stadiums with these huge pots. And now finally, big media companies are taking notice and they're awarding people in our space. I've talked to some people, some players before, about the kind of legitimacy aspect of what they do. And it's kind of split 50-50. Some of them really don't care. And some of them believe that we survived without it. We'll get through without it. But the more recognition that we have, the more people will come and embrace our sport and the more people we can reach. So I think that this is just a huge step forward for the sport, the field of esports to become something that we can see more often. I think maybe hopefully this will, this indicates maybe more schools are going to be offering esports scholarships. Maybe you'll see more esports cafes and more esports jerseys on the street. Collegiate esports wise, I feel like the more recognition that these esports get, eventually colleges will pick up on it and it will no longer just become a club. That's what this was for the longest time. It was just like a club. You right. have a bunch of kids who want to play, you know, certain games and just talk about, you know, the latest meta and they, they just do that on their own time. But mm-hmm. once we have recognition and people are realizing, yeah, these kids are playing for a ton of money. These guys are playing at like the highest level of said game you start getting recognized and you know it will catch the attention of people who are in charge that's exactly how i got my start in esports broadcasting i went and i started doing like sports broadcasting like basic like basketball baseball i took that as an elective class and i get pulled aside one day from my teacher and he's like hey the director of communications wants to talk to you and i'm like me specifically why and he's like yeah she heard about that whole uh esports thing and she went to a thing and she wants to talk to you and i'm like okay the director of communications comes over i walk into her office and she's like yeah we want to do an esports broadcasting class in the upcoming semesters would you be willing to enroll and see if you know this is something that could happen and I was definitely on board. We actually grew a lot more because of that. It's the reason that we have an esports studio at the Academy of Art is because we got the recognition from the higher ups. And same thing with, you know, other schools. Now that now that we actually have like esports programs, you know, the schools are actually willing to pay for us to go out and play in these tournaments and bring, you know, a name to their school that's not just, oh, okay, academics and you know, potentially just other athlete, athletic stuff. They want to expand out, and this is the greatest way to do it right now. It's just good that if esports get yeah. picked up and recognize the legitimacy of esports in general will not only sustain, like, the NCAA if they do decide to pick it up, but also um, just, the, just the legit aspect of esports. Like, there is a competition. There is competitiveness inside of these games and it's not just we're not just playing it just for fun like we're playing for right for real like and i think to include it just shows also that you're listening to the people who are sports fans you're following what their likes are you're not kind of tyrannically saying no this doesn't count as a sport because i don't want it to be a sport you're 
allowing room for growth and you're allow you're recognizing that the world of sports is ever changing and that as new things come into the fold that they deserve recognition and that there is value there. Yes, we still do love our you know basketball, football and baseball and whatnot, but we're also gamers. We also play a lot of video games. At least this upcoming generation does. All right. Are we good? We want to go into a lot. Yeah, bit? I think I think we've <clears throat> I think we've exhausted this topic. Also, going back to this, congratulations to Zoe for getting the award. Hopefully, you hear this. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so our final topic for the, our news segment is that the Blizzard Arena had its final game on Sunday. The Blizzard Arena is closing for. Overwatch League in favor of the Homestand Arena's next season. We we actually had been discussing this for the last couple of weeks because we weren't sure whether or not they they meant that they were actually closing it for good or whether they were just saying, we're saying goodbye for now because we're going to Philly for the grand finals, but we'll be back. Turns out it was the former, unfortunately. And had they been clearer about that, I think I probably would have gone to Blizzard Arena one final time just to see it in all its glory before we lost it. Yeah, it felt really abrupt. It was probably, what, two weeks ago that they really pushed? Yeah, yeah. I think it was during our first week that we were doing this podcast that I noticed that they'd mentioned we're saying goodbye to Blizzard Arena, and that very much confused me. Because I knew they were going to Philly, and like we talked about it, that the finals were going to be in Philly. So there's a chance that they only mean that they're temporarily saying goodbye. Yeah, that's what I had thought as well. I thought they were just saying, oh yeah, we're, we're going to say goodbye for the season. We'll come back at the very end. But uh, it appears that we're no longer going to have Blizzard Arena. And that's kind of it's kind of sad. The fact that yeah, the first two years of Overwatch League were played in that building and it's kind of got a home crowd and it's always been the home for Overwatch. So yeah, it's really interesting to see that they're favoring, like I understand favoring the home stands, bringing them closer, but yeah, Blizzard Arena was kind of like the home for Overwatch for a while. And we'll see if Blizzard does decide to do something like this again, because in terms of other other games that they might want to become or might want to promote as esports, they're going to have to you know, restart from scratch. Like, what if StarCraft just went to, like, a city-based thing? Would you just instantly go to homestands, or would you want to have a local spot again? I think part of what made Overwatch League so successful was that it had its central place where people could go. People could make that pilgrimage to Blizzard Stadium and say that they got to see all these different teams all in one place. You got to see where all these great moments happened, and it was just right there. It was easy and convenient to see all the teams that you wanted to if you could just look at the schedule and plan it out. And for me, Blizzard Arena is the reason why I really started focusing on esports. It's what convinced me that esports had some legitimacy to it. I wasn't too sure when I first heard about Overwatch League if I would be into it or what it was about or if I even thought it was a sport. But then I got invited to, I think it was the Stage 1 Finals last year for Season 1, um, and I got to sit in there and see everything. I got to see how excited the fans were, how exhausted the players were for playing all those hours, how cold it actually is in there because they have to keep the computers nice and cold so the players all have their hand warmers. And also just the thrill of hearing that sound system, seeing 
the screens play and everything and hearing all the fans cheer whenever some big moment happened was really huge it was a great experience it was really exciting and i got the chance to go again but it was still just as exciting uh, i unfortunately was never able to make it out to the arena and you know as an overwatch fan i was like you think oh maybe i could go next year but the fact that they said oh okay no this is it like it's kind of kind of disappointing on my end where i was like i want to i want to see what this is like but at the same time, I'm kind of glad that they're bringing it out to where the fans are. Um, right. But you are missing out on, like, a place to be to call, like, the home of Overwatch. Like, we will no longer have the home of Overwatch. It will be, like, you know, the, the home of wherever the team's from is now... That, that's your home, home arena. And you're just like, okay, but it's not really... It's not the same as going to a place that's dedicated for esports. Like... All of mm-hmm. these other places that they're planning are like just like huge stages, like normal performance, like arenas and stuff like that, um, or you know convention spaces and stuff like that. But it's not built for esports, which is something that Blizzard Arena was. It was built to show Overwatch. Um, so I feel like it's going to be very interesting to see what the homestands give us considering that we have a little bit more to see. There's going to be a lot more places that we're going to be at. So we are going to see a variety of locations, but it might not be well-equipped enough to show the show Overwatch in the way how Blizzard Arena could. I think part of having the homestand arenas in all these different cities helps to expand the community by bringing it out to places that people wouldn't normally be able to go and see a home overwatch game to really understand why we love this game so much and why so much time effort energy and resources are devoted to it but one thing that blizzard arena did do as a central place was it brought the community together because you had people from all over the country all over the world coming to burbank to watch the game that they love and that facilitated people meeting each other interacting with each other uh just coming together to for to watch a great game so what do you think they're gonna do for the la teams now that they don't really have a place to call home i mean i do agree with what other people were saying about you know blizzard arena is no longer no longer gonna be there so you just go to like staples center or you know microsoft arena or Mm -hmm. whatever like there's got to be somewhere else that they can go but if they were to have Blizzard Arena just in their back pocket, you know, that would probably be a very good idea if you're an L.A. team. Because not only do you cash in on the fact that, you know, it's in L.A., you also cash in on the fact that it's nostalgia. Like, people who were there from the original, right. like, beginning right. will will be happy that, you know, that it's still there and that people will still be able to enjoy the game. You're down in L.A., so where do, where do you think they'll end up going? Do you... My guess is that they're going to go to Microsoft Theater just because it's where they had the Kit Kat rivalry weekend. I'd like to see them split between each team and have one separate home location for each. Like one team could take Microsoft, one team could take Staples or the Dolby Theater or UCLA, dare I say. But yeah, man, it would have been so much more convenient just to have blizzard arena as the la team 
but I can see economically how it wouldn't really be feasible just to to save it for two teams and then leave it kind of unused for the rest of the time. I mean, they could rent it out, but there's no guarantee that it would be rented out or that they'd really make any money on it. Um, I really hope that they do have two separate arenas just to kind of distance each team and give it a real home court feeling as opposed to when you have like the Lakers and the Clippers splitting Staples Center and it's just like, I mean, it's cost effective, but... I mean, if you're a Clippers fan and you show up at the Staples Center and you see that giant Shaq statue, you're like, ah, this isn't our home. This is right Lakers, right? So, yeah, I totally agree. Like, between the... Especially the Valiant and the Gladiators, you're splitting the city. So you got to find a place to consider your home. I looked up some stuff for the Blizzard Arena earlier just to make sure for certain that they were actually closing it. And I was looking at an article by the game house and they had an interesting concept. Um, I don't know how economically feasible again, this would be for blizzard, but they could keep blizzard arena and use it as a, a home stage for the lower divisions of overwatch league, like for contenders to give them a place to stay where people could go and watch the up and comers show their stuff and still have a place in LA where they could all flock to. I used to cast for open division for the North American circuit. And it feels like, yes, we have a small community. Um, but if we could share the stage with the Overwatch League, or even just share Blizzard Arena, it shows that, you know, we're the league isn't the only thing that's going on. Like most people forget that contenders and open division and TESPA are all happening all at the same time. Like right now, TESPA is for call like collegiate esports in general. That just started like right now, um, even though the Overwatch League season is ending. So you could still use that space, but once again, it's like how often are are they going to use that? And like even then, like Overwatch season is ending now, but Blizzard has other games that they could use and create a new season so that they're getting use out of it all year round. Yeah, and another thing we since we were already saying like it is a it's kind of like a home base for Overwatch. In terms of stage playoffs and like finals, where are you going to go for that? Will teams actually have a home court advantage for that now or will they have to just play in some random location so it's not biased? In terms of like let's say if you don't plan to win during the during the playoffs but you happen to get in, now where do you play? Like, do you have to go to some other random place to go and do that? Or do you have to, is it still on the tournament organizers and, you know, Blizzard to go figure out where they're going to go play or. um, Yeah. You're going to leave people scrambling. Exactly. Last minute to try to organize a place to host these games. And hosting these games, like, especially for the finals and playoffs, like it's not, there's no home court and there's not going to be a home court. And yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they just decide to do with that. Are they going to keep the the whole stage playoffs kind of thing, or are they just going to do whatever they need to do in order to keep the games going? I think that's about it for news. Okay, well, thank you for to our listeners for tuning in to our news segment. Please be sure to check out our analysis section of the last week of playoffs. Next week, we will sit down with Gladys, 
the mass or is it gladius gladius okay. gladius okay it's gladius i was like geez that's that's a weird name okay gladius gladius knight <laughs> some, uh, some just old woman just comes on our podcast yeah, they, she's she's the mascot <laughs> for the gladiator she's got cookies and milk she, <laughs> <laughs> all right Next week, we sit down with Gladius, the mascot for the LA Gladiators. So send us any questions you want us to ask him. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Like what you hear? Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. That's B L E A V in OWL. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to send us an email at Believe in OWL at gmail.com. Interested in advertising with the show? Please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for tuning in and see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.